all views and opinions in this podcast are not meant to offend or hurt the sentiments of including but not limited to any person living or dead religion or ethnic group community or country Indian food is so much more than dal butter chicken or samosa the average indian isn't even remotely aware of the tremendous culinary diversity the country has to offer if the average indian isn't aware the world surely hasn't a clue and on this podcast we're talking about all sorts of interesting regional indian cuisines that just don't get the love they deserve my name is rakshan bambot and this is beyond butter chicken to many it might seem like a trend or fad just something the cool kids are trying but the world of ayurveda and ayurvedic food is so much more than a trend It's an ancient science nearly 5000 years old and its teachings have percolated right into our Indian culinary system without us even realizing it. My guest today is going to help us decode this ancient scientific way of life and I honestly couldn't think of anyone more apt for this episode. Amrita Rana is a recipe curator, ex-radio jockey and a student of Ayurveda who has dedicated the last couple of years demystifying this ancient way of life. She has taught hundreds of students through her webinars and various Instagram sessions on how to inculcate Ayurveda into one's lifestyle and most importantly into one's diet. I've done one of her workshops so I know for sure this is going to be one firecracker of an episode. Welcome to the podcast Amrita. It is so great to have you. Hello Roxy. It's so great to be here talking to you. So basically Amrita and I go way back. I mean you and I go back what I think now 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. 10 years. Actually I I'll never forget this. I know this 10 years because I remember following you on Twitter um when you used to take the overnight bus to go from Mumbai to Indore. Oh yeah. And that is my favorite story like so now you know how way back we go. Um but this is great because I've seen you transition and do so many things right like I've seen you selling bacon jam and doing your cook shops or your cooking workshops I know you used to call them cook shops and now to sort of pouring your heart and soul into an ayurvedic lifestyle and teaching hordes of people this way of life which is why I thought you're perfect for this episode so let's start from the very beginning to those listening in who have only heard of ayurveda thanks to pop culture or probably the west making it trendy my question is what exactly is ayurveda and what is ayurvedic food like thank you so much roxy first of all because this is a subject that i just i am very passionate about i love it i wish that i can go back into time and actually study ayurveda because there's so much to know and one lifetime is just not enough to understand yeah, ayurveda you know there's so much like treasured information what i did 5 years back is when i like my interest peaked into this whole subject i went to kerala i studied one month of this course which was basically called ayurveda nutrition consultant program now i knew that i did not want to become an, a nutritionist giving people diet but what i would really wanted to do at that point as well i you you know me so at that yeah. point of time you know my i was overweight and i was like 25 kilos more than what i'm supposed to be too i was also facing other issues health issues which are related to your gaining weight which was probably you know like i would constantly complain of back pain my feet would hurt all the time and you know especially when you're doing cooking workshops and all yeah. and i would stand for a few hours and then my feet would just like give up on me and more than that there was also i was noticing the breathing issues 
Mm-hmm. And which is why I really wanted to bring my attention to my own lifestyle. That what am I doing wrong here? And while I knew, of course, you know, what am I doing wrong here? We, of course, like, yeah. you know, we were we were food bloggers for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> we know. We always know what we're doing wrong. Oh my we just God! Just don't want to admit. Yeah, it. we use that as an excuse to literally go out and eat as much, and like, you know, because we write about it. This is our work, and yeah. and using that as an excuse, I realized that um, too much food. um too many times in a day wrong food combinations um and lot of other things and especially not not focusing on my sleep always uh, so my so my problem was never like so i thought i don't know what's the problem because i never had craving of desserts you know how people when they are um They, you know you'd see a weight gain there's also a dessert or like sugar they can't control the craving now i didn't have any sugar cravings i had salt cravings Yeah, would, you and me both. Huh? I have to say, I have no sugar cravings, but it's the salt and sodium that has just made me balloon. Yeah, so I I completely relate to this. So I figured out after studying uh, that okay, these are the three things that is the reason that I am not on my proper optimal health. One was that I was having too much salt. um literally and salt would come from all kind of sources so so you know for example like other than apart from indian which is so comforting asian food was my like super comforting right oh <laughs> i don't need to mention it to you i call you dumpling for a reason <laughs> oh it is my kryptonite i i oh completely agree i remember yeah remember when we were in china at shanghai <laughs> You all are in this market, and Roxy, where is she? She's that this one dumpling place, eating that one soup dumpling. I know, I know. Yeah, so I call Roxy a uh, dumpling. You know, that's for for a reason. But anyway, so coming back, Asian food again has you know with the sauces, with the kind of things, um, and especially when you go with like Indianized version of Asian food, it's even more laden with salt and spices. Yeah, and it's, it's ridiculous how much salt there is, and we don't even realize it. Yeah, and also sugar, by the way, on the sauce, yeah. sugar, sugar. So I realized, a, I really needed to correct that. B, um, my sleep cycle. I wouldn't sleep. I even like I was insomniac for all these years, you know. And um, because of that, also your metabolism will always be compromised. And number three, I skipped meals. I mm. skipped meals, like because you know we are so busy at work, um, doing the things, and especially when I was when you're in food related things, so you're looking at food, you know, then you don't feel like eating, right? When you're yeah. something, so I I figured that I was skipping meals a lot, and all of this had contributed to my weight gain. But learning about it and 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 start applying that in life took me some time, you know, and only in last two years is when I saw the huge transition of my entire, the all that extra weight going out. Um, energy levels really rising digestion getting absolutely correct and it's it's also because i really took it on me that when the pandemic happened and the whole everything was you know i was not doing my pop ups again i was not taking up any styling assignments i was i was trying to figure out what to really do and i you know put my entire heart into studying more and also sharing about it yeah so, you were sharing a lot yeah, and that was I, super helpful um especially for someone like me because it was You know, I think every time someone talks about Ayurveda, you just—it's just like in this cloud of doubt. You know, you're like, "What is it? I mean, how does one do this? Like, what is the?" It—it it, it just seems so uh, mysterious, for lack of a better word. And I think you did a damn good job of, um, you know, sort of demystifying it for people. 
So yeah, I noticed uh, through the lockdown you were sharing so much, and I thought it was great because for someone like me, especially who has no clue about things, and also I think a lot of people grew up with these little anecdotes or what we call nushkes that our grandparents would do. I. I mean, I remember some of them, but not. And I remember when you shared so much through the lockdown, you were doing lives and sessions and stuff like that. I thought it was really helpful to sort of understand what Ayurveda is, because otherwise it was just one massive question mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really was. And I also came across a lot of people who actually believe that Ayurveda is mythology. <laughs> like they don't understand it all. And, you know, they don't believe it. But it's like, oh, we can't touch Vata Pitakapha, whatever this energy you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like illusionary, it's an imaginary thing. And I'm like, what? No, and I really wanted to simplify the concept because it was easy. Like it was not really easy for me also to understand honestly. And mm-hmm. I went through that Ayurveda again. Coming back to that, your first question that I what is really Ayurveda? I really wanted to convey that point. While I completely do not know everything of it, I don't understand yeah. the herbs, the medication, and everything, all parts of Ayurveda. What I really wanted to understand about that: how can we just align ourselves with like in a daily living, mm-hmm. which is uh, true with Ayurveda principles? So, what is Ayurveda truly? Uh, it's so when you break down the word Ayur and Ved, Ayur basically means life, like long life, you know. And Ved is the study, the science, or the wisdom of so something that's helping you achieve a science of wisdom that's helping you achieve longer, healthier, more fulfilling, more wholesome life. That's fab. So Ayurveda really is. And that's what everyone really wants, right? Everybody wants a more fulfilling, rich, healthy, long life. Exactly. So you got Ayurveda. And then this is something, our own treasures. This is the information. This is a knowledge that has come from us, right? From like from India. Mm-hmm. And is 5,000 years back. So I understand that sometimes uh, people who have also carried those information forward or people who are not able to convey it to us, like, you know, and what happened is last two generations, if you look at, that's when the whole advertising industry came in and started using us a lot, right? Yeah. Um, All of a sudden you are seeing like different kind of uh, narratives, different information. You're bombarded so much with so many kinds of information that all we are left is with a lot of confusion and we don't know what is really right for us, which oil to have, which one to have what to do because there are newer and newer products coming every single day and you're like yeah. people are confused you know when I would ask my aunties and they're saying so okay you know I get it now you're using let's say a popular oil right now the rice bran or whatever like right now mm-hmm. it's still so new you you must have not heard about a rice bran oil or some other oil like let's say 20 years back you know yeah so and they're like so which oils were you guys were using and Oh, we, so vegetable oil. Oh, I, you know, like people are getting confused with so much of information, with so many different products coming in. Yeah. And that's when I noticed that we need to go back to understand to our own roots of what are we supposed to even have. So the, you know, from as basic concept of, so you remember when I did that live of which yes. oils to use. Yes, I was going to bring that up. About that. So Ayurveda, if I have to sum up the whole thing of Ayurveda nutrition in one line that what truly is Ayurveda, how to eat, it will be eating absolutely fresh, local and seasonal food. Okay. That's Ayurveda. Okay. You know, even if I don't want to confuse, even if you don't want to go into study into what is Vat, what is Pitta, what is Kapha, mm-hmm. how are the five elements, what is it affecting? Leave all of that confusion inside because if you don't want to bombard yourself with any more information, but what you can understand is if you start eating local, fresh, and seasonal food, then you are aligned with Ayurveda principles. And by the way, us Indians, we already, you know, know you're already eating as per Ayurveda principles. If you're having haldi dudh, you know, when yeah. you're being unwell, you're having your... Oh, you, you mean uh, turmeric latte. That's <laughs> what you mean. Not haldi dudh. It's the turmeric <laughs> latte. And I find it so funny because um, literally haldi dudh translates to turmeric and milk. 
preferably hot milk. Okay. And suddenly when it became, you know, you'd see, again, like you said, it's advertising, right? You could see so many people in the West saying, oh, we're having turmeric latte because it's so healthy. And we would laugh because well, we've been having this since we were children. But yeah, again, about it, yeah. Yeah, again, having it without even realizing that this is a part of Ayurveda, this is one of its teachings and one of the things that you do. But yes, you're right. We've been eating seasonal for a long time. I think now it's, but then also we sort of switched, right? Like uh, there's so much of a change. And then we were just eating anything and everything that we wanted. But now again, the focus, like if you look at um, restaurants, if you look at food trends, especially, you'll see a trend of everyone sort of going back saying, hey, let's go hyper local, let's go seasonal. Yeah. And that's pretty much what has been preached for 5,000 years now. Exactly, exactly. And it's just about literally listening to your own body. Ayurveda does, is not a generic science anymore. It's mm -hmm. an individual science. It gives you understanding of your own body. It makes you uh, listen to your own body. So that means what might work for me in certain principles that I adopt might not necessarily work for you. 100%. Okay. 100%. So this is a great segue to ask. You even mentioned doshas. Yeah. Okay. So this is a great segue to ask. I know you mentioned doshas. And I, I, I know because the first time that you got into this, I asked you to do like, like figure my dosha. So for people who are listening in and um, don't know anything about Ayurveda, how does one decide what is it that your body needs? Like, for example, um, say I'm overweight, which I am, uh, but say I'm overweight and I want to drop a couple of kgs or I have a particular health issue or something like that. How does one define what will work for me? Like, do I go to an Ayurvedic doctor and say, hey, give me a bunch of herbs and medicines or chart out a dietary plan for me? How does that work? How does Ayurveda bifurcate and decide that these are the certain rules that will work for X, Y or Z person? Right. So a very simple premise of this entire uh, thing is that we all, you, me, everyone listening to right now this podcast, everybody, and it's every single thing in the universe, uh, they're made of five elements. Okay. Which basically are space, air, fire, water, earth. You know, Pancha Mahabhut. Pancha Mahabhut. So all, everybody's made of these five elements. Now the things what we, we need to understand is that you may have more air, I may have more fire, somebody may have more earth element. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the quantity of the elements and the quality of these elements that is present in our, each individual bodies make us different from each other. Which okay. is why, let's say, you may have more bone strength than me, or I may have more softer skin, or I may have a longer hair, you might be uh, talking faster, or, you know, I might be sleeping better, all of these, because of our elements. Correct. Uh, uh, if you go back, even go back 5,000 years back, before mm -hmm. that, you know, what was, we would understand that five elemental theory is the prime theory. This is where, when you look at the five elements, when you look at in terms of body, that's when the whole Ayurveda part comes in that we are understanding how these five elements put into our body. And so we've studied, okay, these are these different three doshas. So these fire, these elements, five elements, they make up for these doshas. I'll explain you. Yeah. But these five elements, when you understand in terms of mind and in terms of your own, like um, your being, that's when the yoga studies come. Okay. We're also balancing that. And then that only when you go into that, the sounds, the, the words and the music and all of that, and also the Tantra, which also talks about these five elements. So three different fields are coming out from these elemental theory. Okay, very interesting. Right. And then we are in Ayurveda, which is specifically talking about these body and these elements that we have. 
Mm-hmm. Now, once you start understanding your body and you understand that, okay, you know what, I have more air and I may have more fire and, and what are the signs that your body will tell you? So this is when we understand, we, then we go into the fun part of Ayurveda, understanding what your, what your dosha. So we don't say what your dosha is because technically what your prakriti is. What, what, how, how would you translate prakriti? So constitution, your body constitution. Okay. What is the nature? So prakriti literally translates to nature, right? Mm-hmm. We always say prakriti. So we we are also like nature. You know, if you yeah. look at, uh, you know, we have gotten a lot of examples. So for example, a badam, uh, an almond that looks like eyes, which is good for eyes. You know, when you look yes. at alert, it's good for your brain. It looks like brain. When you look at trees, like branches of trees, you know, and that's how exactly our lungs like literally all those bronchi that are going inside is like like tree branches inverted though that's so, so cool i didn't even think of it that way yeah so we're inhaling that beautiful oxygen that's coming from the trees and that's what is you know so we are literally nature like all of it is all nature what we forget rockstar yeah. rockstar ka song remember that may be who nature <laughs> yeah <laughs> right that's true that's true we are nature <clears throat> we are one with nature we keep forgetting that and we also go against it we mm-hmm. go against those nature principles that means we are eating whenever we want to we are eating what's not coming from the nature we are eating what is uh, over and over processed and processed yeah which doesn't even now relate anything to nature so it's not natural anymore yeah. natural word is now just used as more of an uh, you know like to sell to you something you yeah know? it's a catchphrase it's like organic they just slap it on every label yeah. and so if you're if somebody is not true to really using those words it has just like ruined a lot of like for our health and complications is brought so the ayurveda is what it's asking us to go back to understanding the principles of nature so you know when i was sharing this from the beginning of january i started doing these videos of din sharya Dincharya mm-hmm. is literally your daily routine that you can yeah. follow. But if you look at it, what Dincharya truly is, and the entire focus of Ayurveda is all about your digestion. Everything is about digestion. You are not what you eat. You are what you can digest. Yeah, that's your tagline, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's one of my webinars which I talk about the digestion part. The, the, the important part for us to understand is that there is this digestive fire that's keeping us alive. There's certainly a fire that keeps us alive because mm-hmm. we know that when a person passes away you know that's when the body immediately becomes cold so what yes. is truly that keeping us alive that's also that one fire element and that's the divine fire that's that's how the god resides in in us right mm-hmm. now whatever you may all call it a god or a you know divine or a universe or supernatural power whatever but we all know that there is something bigger than us which is taking care of everything right Correct. Yeah. so whatever your faith would say but remember that that's what is keeping you alive and we need to honor it. We need to respect it. This body that we've gotten is a gift, right? To be able to do all of these things that we're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. We just need to stop abusing it, stop exploiting it, stop putting it through so many things. Yeah. You know, for once, like when you know that this, you know it also, this is not good for your body and we, we still do this. Yeah. What we have done, the mistakes that we have made, like it's, it's okay. Now, bring awareness that so the, you remember that even in my webinar i talked about that one affirmation it's just not an affirmation it's an intention it's a it's a strong statement to a commitment to your body that every food choice that i make is a love letter to my body yeah i'll repeat that every food choice that i make every food choice that you make every food choice that we make is a love letter to our body that means once you start seeing it this way, once you start respecting for what it is, what's the gift that you've received, 
you will your food choices or every choice for that matter will will come from a space of taking care of it respecting it and self respecting self care is truly the biggest form of self love yeah that's very true so that's that's the whole idea about ayurveda i know we got into a complete like no but it makes so much sense because again it it comes back to the same thing right like you're doing everything to prolong your life to give you a better life and i mean you don't even need to delve right into ayurveda to know that we all and when i say we i mean generation wise across the globe have been abusing our bodies in terms of what we eat the kind of stress that we take on the lifestyle choices you know yeah, i mean i remember i would sleep at like 4 in the morning and think i was so cool it it, it isn't what's supposed to be done so i want to go back to the part about your doshas or your prakriti so say for example uh, we talked about um, different elements and how there are different elements that make up your constitution so i could have say more fire element or more earthy element but how does one find that out so very interestingly we can do like a fun quiz right now so for example if anybody was listening just think about this okay so a so i would want you to pick a b or c okay there's of course mm-hmm. you can take up a longer dosha quiz like prakriti quiz and you can understand this more but let's look at this way okay a is if you select a then there is more vata if you select your answer is b then your pitta and c is kapha okay so right now i'll i'll say three four questions and let's think about what is what are you a b or c more a's is vata okay more b's is So, for example, number one question would be, how is your like body type? Is it a a light body, a thin body, and it's you know like you are like not overweight at all. You're just like mm-hmm. lean. B is your moderate body. Even if fluctuation, there's not too many fluctuations that happen, and you are okay with whatever mm-hmm. whatever the weight you are. And C, you are you have a heavy body and extra weight that you have. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is B or C. Pick one. Okay. Uh, second question would be how is um, your skin a okay. it's very dry literally dry and also kind of rough and sometimes you know when you 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 know that right when you put like a nail against your skin uh, and, and it's yes yeah. it's dry it's really really dry okay yeah uh, that you need a moisturizer or oil or something to moisten it okay mm-hmm. your skin is kind of sensitive uh, acne prone breakouts prone and sometimes it becomes red and then rashes and allergies are common okay Mm-hmm. Uh, see your skin is like baby soft smooth skin like it's something that i want to pull your cheeks and like yeah like cute yeah. right so think about what your skin is okay so that and you also like vata pitta or kapha skin okay. the question would be about your digestion a your digestion everything is irregular that means you will not go poop at same time or it will be like mm-hmm. any time and it's probably also like constipated most of the time so that's a okay vata yeah see your digestion is like that's your life revolves around that because your whatever you eat it's like it always wants to come out and you probably going to the loo two three times a day and motions are also kind of little loose motions okay wow. because the people their metabolism like that and so you also whatever you're eating you're getting hungry again and again every mm-hmm. two hours you're like i need food and mm-hmm. if you don't get your food then all that heat when it starts rising in your head then that's when you become what's that word blocks hangry <laughs> That's total sign of fit the person, right? Because there's so much heat, there's so much fire that will make mm-hmm. them hungry. And see, your metabolism is kind of compromised. That you see that whatever you eat, you know, it takes much more to digest, and you're always feeling bloating and heavy and and water retention, all that. Yeah. So you see now, uh, based on just I right now just only shared three different parts yeah. of your body type or your digestion and your skin, and there are so many aspects where you can understand what is your prakriti. 
So when you look at a vata people, vata prakriti, so it's not only for a body type, but these three are also taking care of all functions of our body. Okay. So when space and air, when that comes together, it makes up a vata dosha. Okay. So what is vata dosha doing? It is so space and air, right? Mm -hmm. So it will basically facilitate all the movements happening in your body. Okay. And what are the movements happening in your body? Just think about it. Like all voluntary and involuntary. So your blood circulation, your respiration, your food moving down, your food moving through your intestine, your, your, you're able to move your, like, of course, your joints and your yeah. Um, you're speaking that's all a movement you're hearing that's a movement you're thinking this all going to your head so nervous exchange all of this is movement menstruation uh, ejaculation to your um, urination to feces all of it is all movement okay that means vata dosha which is responsible for your movements when it is in balance all those movements will happen smoothly everything is going great yeah but let's say if you're experiencing, you know how certain people are always moving, like constantly, they're moving, they're, mm -hmm. moving, like they're mm -hmm. always, they're talking also, then they're like constantly moving a lot. Yeah. Or people who are experiencing too much palpitation or people who are talking too fast, or people mm -hmm. who are thinking too much and too much thinking also causes anxiety. Yes. So that is the kind of experience when you're having, that means that your vata dosha is actually overactive. Overactive, yeah. Yeah. So which is when we, for example, if your bowels are not moving, you're feeling constipated now not moving is also when it's an imbalance vata dosha is not and because of your habits um it's the space and air is continuing to become so you're eating something or you are uh, you know doing something which is basically increasing your elements in your body yeah. creating an imbalance so okay. that's vata dosha when you look at pitta dosha because it's fire and water coming together now fire what it does in our body is literally takes care of your metabolism even water so metabolism which is basically breaking down your food so digestion is taken care by pitta dosha okay. and not only digestion not only metabolism that's of course the most important function of it but also your body temperature regulation how do we cope up with the weather how do we now go from ac to like outside to come ah, okay you know? So Pitta Dosha is also taking care of that. It's also yeah. taking care of all your like skin function. Your vision is also coming from Pitta. So Alochika Pitta is responsible for your eyes. Your Brajika Pitta is responsible for your skin. Pachak Pitta is digestion. Sadhaka Pitta is for your focus. You know, so all these doshas also have subtypes. Right? Okay. okay. And then you go to the Kapha Dosha. So that is your water and earth coming together. Okay. So, now that's the most beautiful part, you know. So you look at earth and how earth mother earth is holding our life together sustaining it giving us all that produce that is able, we are able to receive our nourishment and we are able to like be grow right mm -hmm. so kapha in our body is also that it's holding our body together it's sustaining this all our cells muscles tissues fat bones bone marrow everything hair nail teeth uh, fat extra fat that we don't need all of this <laughs> kapha right so yeah. with the kapha doshas, basically, if you look at now, in, they're taking care of your entire functions of your body. Now, you know that these are like, so everybody has all three, first of all. Yeah. So if people, I love it when people say, oh, I am vata, so I don't need pitta, or I don't need to read about kapha. The thing is, you have all three doshas and you need to balance all yeah. three all the time. I think the key word is balance, right? So balance. you have more of one and less of one, but that doesn't make it right or wrong they need to be balanced yeah so for example why are you why is your body's this one dosha extra or one element higher or lower because of the genetics because yeah. of you know what you're born for so they say that your prakriti is defined by a lot many things 
A, of course, you know, what your parents' social property would be. So, of course, that is main responsible mm -hmm. also. But also at the time of uh, conception, at the time of, uh, you know, when you were in the womb, what is mother, what is the nourishment she was receiving? Even that is going to affect your prakriti. You know, okay, that's so that interesting. Is to take care of the pregnant woman, but that's why we have to give all these things. That's why there is all defined things that what we are supposed to have, what we are supposed to hear, because all emotions that mother go through that time is all going in. So that's why emotionally yeah. she needs to be in great space as well. Mm -hmm. So now more and more, you know, which is why we are degeneration now we feel is very disturbed and all that because we're not even taking time at that time. We are, we are also have running back to go back to our life and things like that, but. Well, anybody needs to hear this, but if, if there's pregnant women around it, please take care of them so well, pamper them, make them yeah. happy because you want more happy kids coming in the world, not, no more like anxious and no more oh, like... Oh, for sure. Anymore. I think every second person you talk to nowadays, um, be it even teenagers to be it people yeah. in their 30s or 40s, everyone seems to have some sort of anxiety some sort of stress some sort of something that just you know the, the, to keep them disturbed and you're right uh, I think it's just of course there's so many elements and there's so many things that affect that but if we can do anything to get happier babies out I'm on board I like happy babies cute as well yeah <laughs> that's that so and also other than that when you're in womb, that's one thing there's another factor that um, your karmic property basically what are you born for like that everybody has a purpose in life you know mm -hmm. for example um, like you and I are into this whole communication space that we are yeah. able to talk to people and so you know at this you will need to know that you know a vata uh, dosha will always be higher because space and air this vata makes us communicate and talk and so clearly and all of that so that means if your purpose was to do this in life you were always blessed with that extra energy if you were somebody who was supposed to bring some change in the society and this you will be born with like a pitta energy because, so that you can actually lead and do those things because pitta, that fire can make you take your passion forward and really bring about changes you know it's so interesting you said this it very random i was talking to someone yesterday about astrology and he said, he said, look, it's like, imagine like a bow and arrow, like an arrow has been, you know, released out since the beginning of time. Yeah. And it has to go to that one end destination, which is basically the end of your life. So now it has to go there. There is a chosen path. It's already sort of predestined. It's already decided. It's just the astrology just helps you choose the kind of choices that you make. Are you going to make it easier for yourself or harder for yourself? But the end result is that. And it's pretty much what you said, like your karmic prakriti is what it's already what you were born with. It, and it's just skills that will help enhance the choices that you make. And I think that's I mean, it took me a minute and I was like, what? I, my destiny is already like pre-decided. I can't change anything. He's like, just calm down. What I meant to say is, you know, it, it, what has to happen will happen. It's just that you have the tools to better your life. And I feel like in some way Ayurveda is doing that. It's, it's giving you the tools to better your life, to give you, again, a longer, healthier life. hundred yeah, percent. And the third part I was coming to the Prakriti was that also at the time of the birth, mm -hmm. just at that moment, we look at this whole astrology space, okay? That yeah. where, which planet was where, and that also tells you that why you will be born with certain element more. 
Yeah. So I pretty much jumped the gun on that. Yeah. Like I just I'm stole like, your thunder. Roxy here is like very, very intuitive. She already knew it, this whole thing. So I'm like, I was going to say the next, next factor is yeah. astrology factor. And which is why um, in our Indian tradition, we studied Kundali. We studied mm-hmm. that, okay, when the person, when the kid was born, what is the elements? Because that's what they'll already tell you. So for example, so we, we were those people. So we, I was born in a Punjabi family, a joint family, middle class family, you know, and right in center of Indo, in India, which is Madhya Pradesh, you know. So the kind of like, so mixed culture and everything. So I realized that and oh, we never looked at Kundali and anything, right? Yeah. So I realized that... Kundali does tell you a lot more things because once you've already figured out that he, you know, like for example, Mercury is my thing. Mercury is my uh, Swami, I would say. Now, because of that, what happens is that I already know that communications ka feel would have been just great for me. Now, I did not know any of those things. So I got tempted and I, I started studying this medical, I, I joined medical college and I was studying occupational therapy. Now, life had its own plan. Like I had to, it had to get me to communication. Uh, one and a half year later, like I have swallowed sick again and again. And, and, and things happened at my two years of my college studies. Literally, I had to leave all that and had to come to a field which was mass communication. Yeah. And then I'm continuing to be in that, like sharing and, and talking and all of that. But I wish I would have like, we when we, I'm not saying that I would have consulted Kundli and the Dave France or that, but people actually go for career counseling through the Kundli just yeah. to see that what are the skills that you can actually help your kids with? Because these days the choices are so many. And so confusing. So confusing and so overwhelming, right? So yeah. I think more, so let's leave the astrology away. Coming back to Ayurveda, because the element studies or, mm-hmm. or even looking at your own kid, you can tell that which dosha or which uh, element is higher. When you see your kid who's like, when actually you see anybody, right now, if you look at a vata person, like you want to identify who's vata person around you, somebody who has more vata dosha, you would notice that these people are usually like I told you, right? They're thin. So thin, they don't weight yes. so easily. Air and space doesn't make them. They're light. They're lightweight mm-hmm. and they're just light people. They're just like constantly, they would, they are also very uh, restless, you know? So they always want to move around and move. Yes. Is something that comes very naturally to them. Yes. Right? You'd also notice that these are the people who are who don't like sleeping, who are very light sleeper as well. You know, they they just like they can actually be up all time and they they can still have so much more energy. You're describing people I know to the T. Yeah, yeah, and then you also would notice that uh, because air and space, you know, you, you know that air. Even when we go out in air, you know, when you're traveling, who knows better than traveling? <laughs> but when you're traveling, the air also dries you up, right? So you'll notice that Vata people are also like dry. They have dry mm-hmm. skin, dry hair, brittle hair breaks easily. You know, they're yeah. prone to split ends because they are dry. You'll also notice that inside also they're forever dehydrated. <laughs> so dehydration causes them constipation. They also may face issues of gases like flatulence and like, you know, kind of burping and that kind of things. So you notice that these are all Vata signs. Everything about them is irregular. They will not sleep at the same time. They will not eat at the same time. They will not have similar appetite. They have a yeah. hundred interest area. They want to do every day something different. They get bored so easily, you know. They have like very small attention span. So Vata people are just like that. And you notice they feel cold very easily. So their hands and feet will immediately get cold. So if someone has a lot of vata, for example, or any element for that matter, through Ayurveda, there are ways to rectify that. So say uh, someone who has more vata or someone who has more pitta would have to maybe eat certain things or do certain things to correct that. And then again, that is the way of life. See, what happens is that, like, for example, I just shared what is vata looks like, right? What what, what does that feel like? What does it sound like for you? Yeah. Now, you know that other people feel cold easily. That means 
giving it opposite quality foods and and lifestyle will balance it that means um if i give warm foods warm liquids warm spices vata will feel better it will not feel oh my god oh my god oh my god like constant jittery anxiousness yeah. so that's why a warm cup of tea immediately calms your anxiety it calms okay. like it balances you and i'm talking about the herbal tea like a green tea is all like one with the spices and all not talking mm-hmm. about the chai some chai is this also some people like just get addicted to chai you know yeah but i'm just saying warm even if you drink warm water in that moment it will just really calm you and if you look at like when i said they, they are dry that means giving them good fats uh, eating good fats eating ghee and nuts and seeds and all that and also applying oil on your body abhyanga just really doing that will balance you so much which is why abhyanga becomes the most amazing self care practice from ayurveda that actually everybody will benefit but what are the people the most you know okay so what you do is technically you're giving opposite quality foods so when you know that vata is very light and airy you want to give it them heavy foods so that means this whole grains um different kind of rices and wheats and all of that will and whole foods will really balance nourish vata so if a vata person understands herself mm-hmm. and starts giving that kind of food and that kind of lifestyle that kind of things corrects that and not contributing not having more dehydrated drying foods not having more cold drinks and cold drinks and coffee and things that will mess up your vata more then you are in a state of balance then you are at yeah. ease and when you are at ease that means there is no disease yeah or disease disease exactly <laughs> okay so interesting now my question here is say for example because i remember when you did this for me and for those who want to figure this questionnaire or quiz out it's available online right it's yeah you, easy. you can you find google it uh, prapatikus online yeah 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 so i remember when i did this years ago my constitution was a mix of vata and pitta so it was i was advised like you know you do certain things to help balance your vata and certain things to help balance your pitta but recently i i found one online actually when i was researching this episode i said let's just do it again and my dosha completely changed to kapha so my question is over time does that happen like does do, no. does the doshas change or is no no, no. that no. your constitution forever like what if i rectified everything no no and- no 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 it still doesn't change so what you have done is you've taken a quiz yeah quiz a quiz is not the right way of finding your prakriti by the way yeah you can't like you can do this for fun you can do this is one of those fun quiz which friends character you are you know it's that <laughs> <laughs> you're doing this for the fun uh, yeah. cool. so there are three ways to find your prakriti so one is darshana when when person when you look at the person so when i already explained you what yeah. how you look like completely opposite would for them would be like a kapha person mm-hmm. or if it will look certain way so what happens is darshana is one then prashna is second which is when we ask questions which is where the quiz concept comes in mm-hmm. that you know things that i can't take can't uh, tell by looking at you like about i would i wouldn't know that today did you poop or not right yeah, yeah so what's yeah. your digestion is like right some people you can tell some people are literally constipated like you you know that they <laughs> you know that they have not they have not really cleared their poop <laughs> Right, poop is my favorite topic. Uh, Post Ayurveda studies, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I <laughs> should get you a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> and um, uh, the main, the most, um, in, the most correct way of finding your prakriti is uh, sparsha. And sparsha basically means uh, 
this nadi parikshan basically where a an expert which is an ayurvedic doctor or vaidya or a literally a, a somebody who studied this will actually check your pulse and this pulse is not like your um, your you know the counting your heartbeat pulse mm-hmm. it is literally a very subtle it's a science where you understand that okay this pulse is going in in this frog pattern and a snake pattern la 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 and that tells them what is your current um, prakriti that means what, what is the current prakriti really your prakriti always remains the same so what is your okay. original prakriti okay. what you're born with and what will always remain that and what is your current vikriti what is served okay. right now so what happens is so when you are seeing this change in your quiz now so that i'm explaining you if you are a vata pitta person and i know this because i exactly went through this underweight all my life i was i'd never gained weight and i know that you were also while growing up you did not have any weight issue yeah yeah it's the lifestyle it's a lifestyle it's the things that we've gained over years right so for me when i started experiencing it, and i'm like wait vata person is not supposed to be overweight why am i overweight everything yeah. else vata yeah can't sleep yes dry skin yes you know like okay <laughs> restlessness yes 100 interested yeah yes what 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 i'm also passionate so i know this fire yeah right and i know exactly that is you as well then why is kapha disturbed why yeah. is that and because of our lifestyle choices okay so your kapha is only your vikriti right now it's not your prakriti okay and like how what i did is correcting my lifestyle right like started taking you know, my digestion started mm-hmm. whatever activity whatever things that i need to balance to a bring the kapha in balance so that means removing kapha increasing foods removing things that will make me gain weight more um yeah. bring the workout taking care of self all of that that is one thing but also have to balance my vata which is my main prakriti mm-hmm. i always have to nourish it i always have to continue giving it abhyanga practice and uh, warm foods and warm spices and and meditate <laughs> meditation has truly helped me a lot to become more calmer Mm-hmm. to while you know like while i can still talk passionately about my subjects and everything of of whatever i want to and i can still enjoy my life but i can just do it with so much more calm in my calm mind. yeah you know i'm i'm like this is the biggest change that i saw so studying about ayurveda really helps you this way okay fantastic so we've talked about doshas and we've talked about what ayurveda is um the premise of this podcast really what we want to do is go beyond the basics when it comes to indian cuisine really and we wanted to shed light on regional indian cuisines and possibly culture but now ayurveda is not a cuisine correct mm-hmm. so my question is is it possible i mean of course yes we call this a way of life but is it possible to apply the principles of ayurveda to say western cooking as well or is it only limited to indian food so when i have my uh, dosha in line and i've been told okay you need to do this you need to do that does it all have to be according to indian cuisine or can i tweak this and adopt it to say a western cuisine as well you can totally adopt it to your whichever cuisine that you eat yeah even in india if you look at there is so many regional cuisine so how a north indian person let's say right there in punjab jalandhar is eating is so different from a person who's in uh, let's say um, like you know like a place in kerala or yeah. somebody who's in a tamil nadu right now to somebody who's in hyderabad to somebody who's in gujarat and Absolutely. a part of surat or versus difference between ahmedabad to somebody who's in northeast um, in sikkim or let's say in madhya pradesh in center or or in bombay or in goa 
I'm Absolutely. in the right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I just brought myself here. Okay, so what I'm saying is, there's so many like with even in, in inside India, we are eating so differently. There, if if you are somebody who's like who knows that Indian cuisine is this one, no, there is no one Indian cuisine to like talk about. Okay, that's beyond butter chicken. That's really yeah. or exactly like masala or, yeah. or or kichudi. Okay? Yeah, that's we what we're trying to do here with yeah, this podcast. We, we eat our khichdis we love our khichdis we eat our khichdis from the point but because ayurveda talks about you know when you google ayurveda food mm-hmm. ayurvedic recipes mm-hmm. the first thing that show up is khichdi or kichri and category and all the spellings of khichdi right yeah. <laughs> the idea is to understand so why why it becomes ayurvedic food all of a sudden because of course not so many people must have put that about it that's when google is throwing that it's not a wrong information it is well it can be called as an ayurvedic thing only the reason being because ayurveda is bringing your attention and awareness always on eating something which is easy for your body and which is digestible and because we all are going through constant lifestyle issues of uh, seasonal changes uh, all of that and then because of that if we are facing any kind of digestive issues or any of issues for that matter because all the diseases in ayurveda they say that most of like your disease all they are coming from that imbalances of your doshas and and they are all related to your digestive issues because yeah. you are not digesting what you're eating properly so you are overeating you are undereating or you might be eating wrong combinations you are eating at wrong timing you may be drinking water too much or you may be lesser or any any of these things all of that is affecting your digestion mm-hmm. and that's causing you um, all these kind of different problems so what we need to understand is that food then that can help you uh, correct you know you're giving your body a break you're giving that agni that digestive fire which you have disturbed so much you're giving it a break by giving it a break so you're giving something is simpler and khichdi becomes the simplest easy to digest meal very nourishing because rice and moong dal and spices mm-hmm. and all of that you know whatever you pair it with so it, there is this traditional saying uh, saying that khichdi ke char yaar ghee papad dahi achar <laughs> i like that right so when you are having that like then it becomes a really wholesome meal because ghee yeah. is helping you with your you know literally lubricating your tongue making sure that you'll be able to digest it better dal can be very drying right dal as a legume as a family is vata increasing when we put tadka on it with spices and with tail or ghee or whatever so you made it easy to digest right Mm-hmm. rice is providing you that entire nourishment as well here and then if you are pairing it with pickle which is achar and achar traditionally were really they are probiotic for us and that's something that you you know it's traditional methods of preserving something add so much more value and makes it more digestible while if you be eating plain khichdi it will be considered as sattvic in nature because just giving you that pure energy it's making you feel lighter energetic you can actually do all your daily functions with much more awareness without feeling heavy without feeling too you know like uh, too fired up Mm-hmm. but let's say when we why do we bring this whole energy of then adding a pickle pickle can be rajasik in nature because that also helping you digest it but also in your daily life your we are not literally monks so we are we can't really like be sitting all day meditation doing this thing yeah. we yeah. are going out there in the world facing the competition doing all of that making money all that so rajasik quality comes in now tamasic food basically are always considered as foods which are milk you heavy and lethargic and all of that but also if you're just overeating all the time that's also tamasic habit yeah yeah it makes you slow and lethargic right so not going into that detail but understand that that the food when you look at it so which is why khichdi gets such an amazing Mm-hmm. Uh, reputation because it's easy for body to digest so it becomes ayurvedic food but every food can be ayurvedic food if you are eating out of awareness which is something natural which is seasonal which is fresh which is local and yeah. which your body can digest and can process everything can be ayurvedic there 
Okay. So let's talk about certain things in Ayurveda that are do's that are allowed and certain things that are absolutely blasphemous. So um, again, Ayurveda has given us all these rules where they have shared. I always tell my students in my webinars that, you know, um, please don't take this as like a punishment. Don't take this as very hard rules, like in a way. It's, of course, great to, to take care of these things because they are affecting our health. But again, do it as much as possible and bring kindness, self-kindness. Mm -hmm. We are still making mistakes. We are we, we love the way like all our lifestyle habits have evolved and it will be difficult for us to correct it completely. So I just want to give that heads up that please start doing this as much as possible. And like it slowly, slowly, you would see that this will become part of your life. And you can just be out of like then living out of awareness. And yeah. once, you know, and then I hear I also bring this one beautiful uh, quotation that Dalai Lama had shared, which is everything in moderation. Okay. I yeah. also talks about everything in moderation. Dalai Lama says everything in moderation, even moderation. Yeah. So absolutely sometimes okay. so sometimes it's absolutely okay to have your favorite food have your ice cream it's not that you're allowed it's just that that you want to have it you you you're craving for it rather than killing yourself and beating yourself up and and, mm -hmm. and having it let's say sneaking in and and let's say what people call cheating, cheating yeah. meal cheats and all of that if you do this but if you're bringing a lot of guilt and yeah. a lot of self-loathing then it's more harmful you yeah. know so allow yourself to do whatever, whatever you're having from a space of, okay, I felt like having this. I felt, so I, I ate for my feelings and it's fine. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it. So I, I thank you, Ice Cream. Thank you for making me feel amazing when I was feeling this low. So now that you did it, my body, I'm trusting it to help it digest it better. And I will take care of myself. And I, I know that every food choice that I'm making is a love letter to my body. Awareness is everything coming yeah. back. Now, certain things that we make, we can follow on an everyday basis that can help us correct our lifestyle. Number one, please start paying attention to really, really focusing on you're not overeating and you're not undereating. You're only eating when you're hungry. Yeah, I think this is so important because a lot of us eat out of boredom. A lot of us eat out of depression. A lot of us eat because we have nothing else to do. Yeah. And um, I think everyone is guilty of this at some point. And I think you can say this a thousand times over and it still takes time to percolate for people to understand you eat when you're hungry, you don't overeat and especially don't starve yourself and undereat. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So don't undereat, don't overeat. Um, very, very important for us again, uh, which Ayurveda talks about is that bringing mindfulness in way in the way you eat. Now, what does this mean? So Tanmana Bhojan Gat is this beautiful Sanskrit shlok. Tanmana Bhojan Gat. Basically, that means tan man, you know, like you're literally completely immersed in that. And whatever you are eating at that point of time, whatever you consume, whatever thoughts you're thinking, whatever you're hearing, everything will affect your digestion and your psychology at that time when you're eating. That means so when you are eating a meal, I it is a very difficult thing. But if we can switch off that TV, if we cannot be on our phone, if we cannot like be constantly be talking, it will just do so much, so much for our body. It will be so great because all our, our attention is not into the meal, right? So we are mindlessly consuming. And to give you an example, we used to go to these movie theaters uh, and we'd, we'd order like a tub of popcorn or a Coke or whatever, like, like cold drinks and all that. And you'd notice that you, you are finished it before even like, like interval is over. Like, you, you know, it's like one of those things. 
Yeah. I'm so guilty of doing that. Then but I would have to like scrunch and save my popcorn for the movie. But imagine it's that environment. It's dark. It's you know you are in that space. Nobody can see you. Your mind is like on this huge screen. You're distracted, and you're eating all that, and you're just consuming mindlessly because your mind is everywhere else. And the thing is, it's a it's perfect recipe for disaster. And if you are given that tub of popcorn and or that large the cold drink and if you're not given tv phone or anything or anybody and say hey finish this you i like you can try this experiment on yourself you will not you will not be able to finish it at all yeah that's very yeah. true yeah so why it's a simple experiment that you can do it on yourself mindless versus mindful just that a lot of do's are mindful eating don't be distracted whilst you're eating what about things that um like food combinations like you mentioned ice cream um you mentioned something about fruit i am not too sure about that so that's what so once you start making this real mindful changes you're also going to start your meal with gratitude practice always that means literally when you see the food you can see the food just look at it just look at it how beautiful it is how like how and just look at it like how it was a raw vegetable or whatever and how mother earth has like produced it and like and, and whosoever has cooked and how it has come together to look like that what does it smell like you know what does it feel like so when you eat with your hands then you can also really see the texture and feel it and you know it helps you connect with your food that's why eating with hands is has been a big part of our indian culture as well so again when you are so what what am i really doing is i'm including all my five senses into this act of eating which is considered yeah. an act of literally praying and like literally if your body is a temple then food is like that prashad that you're eating right so it's a, yeah. a very holistic practice we get opportunities to eat like let's say three meals a day so three times we get to pray Mm -hmm. we get to really uh, we get a opportunity to do this you know and nurture really you're nurturing right. your body and, you're and nourishing really, it yeah and really accept and be thankful for the gifts that we have received through this body through this great health and respecting it by giving it right kind of food right so when you're doing that so when you start with the practice of gratitude that's a game changer i have seen literally when i started bringing this as practice as my just before eating anything i would just like thank uh you could thank god you could you, if you know the god like that you believe in that you can name that god you could just thank the universe for having this food you could thank somebody who's cooked the food you could thank the the guy who's delivered your food or the restaurant yeah. chef who's cooked but just and of course the mother earth who's you know made this possible for us so just thank the food thank for this food so i that this is something that i tell everybody you know how we have a habit of we all have that habit of counting calories and what are you doing counting number of puris number of rotis and counting all of these things instead of that just i want you to count your blessings yeah we have this food on our plate and it's 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 here to nourish you it's here to sustain your life so just thank for that and then when you start eating and just again a very very important practice which is to make sure that when you're eating you are chewing your food and <laughs> not swallowing so basic we have stopped chewing our food 
it's as simple as that because again we are distracted tv phones la 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 whatever yeah also you're in a hurry like sometimes i notice when i'm very hungry i tend to eat super fast uh, and i always joke with my sister that it's a perennial fear that i'm going to eat up all her food because she eats so slowly so i'm like do you, can, do you want do you want she's like i'll take it just like relax and i almost inhale my food because i'm so hungry and you, you you're or you're in a hurry you know you've got some meeting or you've got to go somewhere um so you i didn't think of this chewing thing till you brought it up and then i said question, yes question rocks we are in rush because let's say there is a meeting or there's work waiting for you yeah. okay there's office people there's yeah. other people. okay now just i, I just want to ask a question why are we making money why are we doing the work um i just so i can eat more <laughs> i'm joking um no but just for a better life um so that i can you know enjoy my life and afford the things that How i want enjoy, yeah so we are making money to be able to buy right kind of food for us get yeah. right kind of roof on our head and all of that right roti kapda and makan yeah that yeah. we say right now if you are eating if you are actually making money to actually for better health so you can enjoy the all those perks of life and if we are not focusing on that main act of the food or what you eating then yeah. what is the point of making all that money and yeah. then um harming your health and then making all the money so having this amazing house and luxury and lifestyle and holidays and all of that and not being able to enjoy the food because then you have to watch oh don't know this has that oh no i can't have this because yeah. i'm diabetic oh i can't have this because i'm thyroid i can't do this you get it yeah or spend all your hard earned money on medical bills which are ridiculous oh nowadays so why exactly if if the food is right there is no need to medicine no need for medicine mm-hmm. absolutely and- Well, that is a rule that Ayurveda swear by. So we should just chew our food, so we don't need uh, another doctor and more medical expenses. Chewing it's, is literally the. You know, it's, it sounds so silly or so funny, but it's so true. It's too good to be true. <laughs> it's yeah. too good to be true. It's too simple to be true. It's too easy. We are so used to complicated solutions, complex solutions. I would say. Yeah. We want to count everything. We want to count calories. We want to calculate deficit. We want to do macros, micros, la 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 la, all of that. We just don't want to chew our food and see that is like literally bring this awareness of how we are blessed. Yeah, I I promise I'm going to chew my food. Thank you. I promise. Thank you. <laughs> you just have to chew your food you don't have to even count that some people count 32 times you know no no i can't do that yeah I, so don't count mad. all you're doing is you are chewing until the food has become soft yeah when it is soft it is as soft as you would give to a toothless kid or a toothless uh, adult you know like yeah. uh, a senior person yeah. so just soft food so that the peristaltic movement that is bringing the food down the food pipe gets mm-hmm. it easy it makes it easy for it to move down and the digestive juices get it easy to cook on to work on it and you yeah. receive the nutrition quickly and so that you're not going to feel so if you start chewing food i promise you a weight will start shifting for you mm-hmm. because your metabolism will really help what are you doing with chewing the saliva is being more produced saliva is mixing with your food so digestive enzymes in the saliva has started yeah. working so what you this is your your entire agni so your digestive yeah. like the main frontline minion your yeah. saliva you know so we are that's what we're doing and it's coming all back to what you said at the very beginning of this podcast is that it's all about your digestion it's all about making it easier for you to digest your food and better your life yeah and more than the food combination everything i'll come to that but more important is this simple things that we have forgotten 
Yeah. And other thing is that, so of course, chewing your food. So you've chewed food well, that is gone. And you're making sure that once you've eaten your meal, then you don't keep on nibbling in between because there is a process that's going on. You know, food is at a different stage where it is already digested. Now you add something raw again, or when you put cold water, then cold drinks, which is a, another habit that we have to change. Yeah. Then what is happening? That fire gets diminished and the food that's cooking, that's happening, that's getting stopped inside. So which is why no water, at least for 30 minutes of your meal yes. and no cold drinks or no iced teas and no anything else along with your meals. That is you, You'll be very proud because this is something I, uh, both Nicole and I, we were on your uh, webinar. Um, yeah. You are what you don't have to carry it with you is the webinar that uh, Amrita did. And my cousin and I joined in and uh, we were sharing notes and we were like, my God, we're doing everything we're not supposed to be doing. And so now it's become a thing where, um, and especially water for both of us, we drink a lot of water. That's one thing you can't take away. Our water intake is fabulous. But we realized we're drinking cold water and the the minute you said it you're like the cold diminishes that entire digestive fire and heat that you're trying to produce um so that's become such a it took so long to make this drastic change where now where you know it's room temperature water and especially after you eat or whilst you're eating i feel so thirsty but i'm trying to as you say as much as possible i'm trying to incorporate this where i do not touch water for 30 minutes after my meal for the most part i'm successful but i you know i still flounder um but this is an ayurveda um principle that is an absolute must. I've, and I've heard this from so many people as well, uh, not just you. So I know that this is extremely important, the water aspect and not to eat, uh, not to drink during meals. 100%. So just having water 10 minutes, 15 minutes before that, a glass of water really helps. It creates liquid medium as well. And also you don't tend to then overeat also because you're technically, when you look at the whole digestion, two parts has to be food, one part has to be water and one part has to also has to be air. We have to stop eating that we are feeling like so full that we can't move. You know, it's I also give that example in my webinar. You must have heard that one that, you know, if you have ever blended a chutney at home in a blender jar, you know, if you fill it to the rim, the jar won't move. So you always have to leave a little space, right? It's exactly leave some space so that your metabolism functions can happen so easily. Okay. Now coming to the parts where what are the food combinations that we must follow? So Ayurveda does talk about this again, one very important principle about fruits. Fruits are such simple sugar. They're simple to digest. You eat fruits in like probably one, two hours. They've done their work. You receive the nutrition. They pass on the fiber to the intestine to take care of things, you know? So it's so easy. But if we pair it with heavy things like dairy or grains or anything else, then it, or or let's say butter and maida and <laughs> eggs and things. When we do that, what happens is literally then it is becoming it has to sit for that longer in your stomach with an acidic medium, sometimes with other foods. And then those sugars are getting fermented and it's basically something that was so good for you is now basically going to harm you. Yeah. You so know? you're going to break everyone's heart by saying no fruits in your waffles and pancakes and no fruits in your salad and no orange chicken. I mean, Ayurveda doesn't even talk about chicken, but you know what I mean? No, no. Oh, well, 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 I heard something. Ayurveda does talk, talk about all non-vegetarian food. Really? It's another myth that people think Ayurveda is all vegetarian. Wow. Okay. Ayurveda talks that was, about- that was going to be our next question. So let's, let's, oh. let's get to that then. Yeah. 
So I just want to finish about fruits. Fruits yeah. are very, very easy. So that is why fruits are not allowed to be paired with different things. So mm-hmm. that means your fruit smoothies, if they have milk and other things, then it doesn't technically doesn't go. So it, so Ayurveda will not approve of that whole you know smoothie bowls with with granola with oats <laughs> and that, or or the cold overnight oats porridge which is out of the fridge yeah. and yogurt and things. So Ayurveda is not okay with that because it says that it just it could be heavy. But I also know that. Different school of thoughts believe in different things, and there are people with di- following different school of thought. And with them, they're doing their yoga and they're doing their smoothie bowls and overnight, you know, overnight porridges and things, and it's working for them. Also, what happens is also concept of satmya, something that you've been doing and your body can digest and can work on. Then it's also okay. Okay. So if you've been eating smoothie bowls your whole life. it's okay and if your body does okay with it then it's fine then you just may want to just see that you're including some spices like cinnamon pepper or clove or all of that that helps in digestion even better so okay. you can do that you know but overall bring awareness like now i have started having smoothie bowls because goa is so hot you know and then it's also like this is culture here in cafes you get it so easy and so yeah. so yeah. but i always make sure that there is no milk in it or if there is then i would use a nut milk or a, a non dairy milk because so that i don't do this ayurvedic pap you know cold i can still work on my agni and i i take care of my digestion so well that i can continue doing having these things right so fruits is one thing so another rule is another thing that i really swear by is never heating the honey okay honey is really like purest form of food like honey bees have already done all this work and you know there is this whole concept of ojas and ayurveda that when you eat certain meals any food um it gives you that rust the essence of the food so in 5 days that rust that first becomes our first tissue first dhatu which is the rasa dhatu and then you have more dhatus like rakta which is your blood and your muscles and your fat and bones and and so on and so forth so all your seven tissues they take every tissue takes 5 days so th- by end of 35 days is you know so what you eaten today imagine is giving you after 35 days it's giving you the purest thing which is called the ojas when all your digestion all your tissues are formed so when your agni is in balance when your dosha is in balance when your tissues are in balance you get something called ojas okay now what is ojas ojas is equivalent to uh, immunity that's what if you have the ojas if you have that vitality that feeling alive that's okay. what it will give you and mm-hmm. it is said that honey gives you ojas directly and it is said that that honey is directly giving you that ojas it's so okay. pure you know and then when we heat it the those molecular combination the the chemical composition changes and then it becomes harmful for us so instead of that just start having good quality also don't use commercial honey they're already heated yeah. so use good quality honey and that is something that ayurveda also talks about it's really 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 good um again talking about meats which is our next topic about uh, non vegetarian food yeah. but it non vegetarian food also should never be paired with um with 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 dairy because again dairy is again diffi- difficult it's also heavy to digest and pairing it with non vegetarian food makes it all really difficult for our again summer you know again the as i said fruits are easy for our body then you are eating your grains and all which are which will take certain time vegetables which has fibers taking some time non vegetarian food is most heavy for us to eat right so it it stays much longer through the whole process of stomach and then intestine so which is why the quality of non vegetarian food that is not laden with steroids or antibiotics hormones and all yeah that's it also something that we have to pay attention to but which is why you don't pair the dairy with meat so no no recipes which has cream and chicken and like yogurt and things so ideally want to stay away from that bringing us to the topic of non vegetarian food 
Yeah, actually more than non-vegetarian food, I wanted to ask you, I mean, this is obviously going to come in that. Um, what are any misconceptions that people have of Ayurveda or what have you heard that people come and say, oh, this is like I just said, you know, non-vegetarian food is not part of Ayurveda. So yeah. any other sort of misconceptions along with this? So uh, one is, of course, about this. People think Ayurveda is all vegetarian and uh, it's all sattvic, sattvic, sattvic. You can't eat anything else. People also think that Ayurveda means ublawa khana and kadve dawaiya only. Yeah. Um, people also think uh, that Ayurveda is all about, um, I don't know, the people have come up with like random things. Yeah? Like you're basically all the time, you're just having neem karela and like kashayas and things. You're not literally living your life basically. Yeah. Um, but um, Ayurveda is not that. Ayurveda uh, knowledge can actually just empower you to live healthily, live better. It's not for us to restrict us and make us feel miserable of about what we are having. Uh, it's literally a celebration of what you know, what we have received and what we can do really, uh, and our bodies are capable of. I mean, we talked about the how non-vegetarian food and things like that. But before we come to that, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the other misconceptions you have about Ayurveda or what people ask you? I know, uh, like I just said, you know, not, there's no non-vegetarian food when it comes to Ayurveda. But anything else that people have come to you about Ayurveda and an Ayurvedic lifestyle? Yeah, I think people think that Ayurveda is all about literally eating like ublawa kind of like boiled food and yeah. just like having all the bitter things like neem karela and everything. There's nothing else in your life. Basically, if you're following that, you are miserable. People think Ayurvedic lifestyle will restrict you yeah. and basically you will stop living and you'll stop enjoying your life. Uh, but I just really feel that Ayurveda knowledge can actually empower us. Mm -hmm to live healthily, to make better choices, um, to actually observe our own body that is it aligned in principles of nature or not. Are we literally waking up with the sun, eating with the sun when the sun, like that digestive fire that within us and exactly like sun that are we like following those principles, you know? So yeah. I without, um, uh, while people have also a lot of other like things also that they've come up with, um, you are having this like kadas only all the time. So people think that kada like that's what you do. That's what you will survive on, like drinking kada all day, every day. Okay? So for people that don't know what a kada is, it's almost like a bunch of spices and herbs that is boiled in water, and uh, most of it tastes extremely bitter or extremely unpleasant. And it's very healthy for you, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I suppose yeah, some people probably think that's all you drink and eat when you're on an Ayurvedic <laughs> lifestyle. That's that. what people don't understand. That's what happened during this whole pandemic time is that everybody started promoting kala kala became a product for yeah. TV, right yeah. and the thing is people don't understand that what these spices are doing so ayurvedic premise also the nutrition part also talks about literally checking its taste so ras gun virya vipaka these are four parameters we check the food on that means what is it taste so taste can also define that what dosha will it increase or what will it reduce mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then your um, rasagun is the property, whether it is heavy, whether it is light, whether it's drying, whether it is oily, whether it is smooth, all of that is also seeing that bringing the change in your body. Yeah. And it's virya, the potency of something, which is yeah. whether it is hot or cooling, because mm -hmm. we always have to pay attention to these. If the weather outside is hot and if you're, if you're eating something which is increasing heat in your body continuously, it's going to harm us, right? Which is why a lot of people like face those kind of issues. So it's very important for us to bring that awareness. So kadas, a lot of spices, people started having so much of hot spices and kadas during yeah. that whole pandemic time. And in long run, they ended up with a lot of digestive issues. Like if yeah. you look at what happened in 2021, 
uh, after the 2020 consumptions of our insane amount, and we were doing panicking, right? We were like, yeah. okay, we don't know how to live. Drink, ah, do this, do that. Yeah. Have, have Guduchi, have Ashwagandha, have this, have that, without having proper knowledge of it. Yeah, I think it was a lot of half-baked information. You know, one person said, "Arey, have this. It's good for health," and then everyone just latched onto it out of fear. Yeah. So more than anything, like for example, same thing. If if your body already has so much heat, so now that's not going to benefit you, and you will end up with acne, uh, the other issues, and then inside your digestive issues will happen. For me, I'm I'm worth it. So my maybe for me, those heat, those spices are actually good for me, yeah. right? But it's not so good for you. So which is why we need to understand our own and like our own body that what is it and how does it respond to things. So which is why I I think Ayurveda is also like you know. Like, this misconception about all spices everything herbal is good for us that's yeah. the biggest i think thing that we need to know yeah. that everything which is uh, homemade everything which is indian everything is good for us not every kada is good for us not every spice is good for us you need to understand what is really working for your body yeah and so again like you said uh, in moderation 100% 100% and the uh, last part which which is which brings me to the about the the non vegetarian food yeah. which ayurveda people really think that ayurveda is all about vegetarianism and only eating sattvic khana like ayurveda. i really thought that i thought that it is only veg food maybe not sattvic but just pure vegetarian food so ayurveda has given it's a science it's given you understanding of everything so it is explained that what are meats different qualities of meats um and what which dosha or which prakriti body will it suit more so if you are a vata person then literally having a goat meat soup which is basically like mutton pie ka soup or something is really nourishing for you for that matter yes you know yes. uh so what happens is that certain meats will suit certain people certain won't the idea again is bringing you back to the digestion part that because non vegetarian food will take much longer time to digest so make sure that when you're eating non vegetarian food that you're eating Ideally, a lunch time will be better because so that your body can digest through the day instead of mm-hmm. eating at night because your your body has to go also to sleep. Anyway, your meal gaps before sleeping should be three hours. Anyway, of course, so that the stomach is emptied before you lie down. Yes. Right? So and while the intestine can continue doing its own work by the morning, okay, so that we can actually poop in the first thing in the morning. But coming back, so it's very important for us to see the non-vegetarian that you're eating. So where your digestive power is strong, so also make choose the meats which are easy for your body to digest. Uh, choose the recipes where the meat is cooked really well, you mm-hmm. know, and also choose the meats which are. free range which are organic which are ethically uh, gotten not out of like a whole machinery and like yeah. where yeah. Uh, hormones and steroids have been pumped into that whole meats yeah. for being able to meet the supply demand you know again uh, it just like it is for even uh, the other food nothing that is mass produced nothing that is processed nothing that is refined um, anything that goes through these three things is yeah. anti ayurveda You so said it. You said it. These are literally see processed processing uh, as a word is is like thoda sa confusing because processing is also for example you like you know like how a rice is and then rice becomes poha because it's been processed to yeah. make. So that's also technically a processed food. You get me, but yeah. that's not the processing that we're talking about. You know, no, we're pro- talking about something that's mass-produced in a factory so that probably processes and processed uh, yeah. foods like your frozen foods and yeah, your preservatives, really, preservatives laden, and all of that. So we need to start taking care of all of these things. Mm-hmm. And once we do, we can really, if we start following these principles of eating local, fresh, and seasonal, listening to your body, digesting all that you're eating, um, bringing a practice of gratitude, all of that together. 
is you following Ayurveda principles and so healthier, longer, uh, Ayush life basically is what you're getting. That's fantastic. Okay, so this has been great. Uh, my last question really is, I, I know what you're up to, uh, but what does the future look like for Amrita? I actually, I honestly, like I, I right now I'm in that space where I am choosing to be in fully in this present moment. Um, all that I've done so far, like there were times that I had no idea what, why I was choosing certain profession, what was I doing and but everything led me here yeah. from making a best-selling non-vegetarian product like a, like a bacon jam back in Bombay uh, until about 2016 that I was doing to then, have, you know, sitting with my own self and saying, hey, what is, where is my health going and what yeah. am I doing? So to turning vegetarian, you are vegetarian, vegetarian now. Yeah, so I started with vegetarian. Uh, then I started paying more, more attention to my health, which is after six months, I found Ayurveda. Then I started like uh, started making meals and I started doing pop-ups and I hope that I get to open my own cafe, uh, just sharing these seasonal, local, fresh, these kind of things, yeah. that kind of food, but also like delicious, you know, so I, I hope that I get to do that. But honestly, I'm at that space where I'm so grateful for that entire journey and how it has unfolded automatically. So I don't have to now force anything. So I am choosing to be in space of surrender and receiving all the gifts that are coming and sharing all that with people, but educating people, connecting them with themselves and making the relationship with food uh, really better and more wholesome is, is something that I'm striving to do at this point of time. And uh, I would just like to finish, I would you know complete what I'm saying by these three lines that have truly emerged from within, which is, you know, so you know what is Amrit means. So my name is Amrita. Mm -hmm. exactly like Ayurveda in Hindi is Ayurveda but when you write it in English it's Ayurveda right mm -hmm. Amrit so technically my name means Amrit Amrit itself means a, a holy nectar like it's a it's a mythological thing that is a holy nectar that will going to make you forever immortal if you have it you'll be like immortal yeah um, but the thing is I have understood that immortality or like this whole thing is also like very like I don't know so what we are really striving for is that to really live each and every single moment with more wholesomeness right with more fulfilling life and I have figured out that everything that you are eating breathing drinking all of that is Amrit and so how I and so my name is Amrita Kaur and Amrit Kaur so how I how I say this now is Harshwas Amrit that means every breath is Amrit, Amrit. Harshwas Amrit her good Amrit. So every little sip of water or beverage that we take is an Amrit. Okay. So her Shwas Amrit, her uh, uh, Shwas Amrit, her good Amrit, her core Amrit. That's a morsel of food. That's lovely. That's what I am right now. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this. You are awesome. Uh, if you guys, if you want to follow Amrita or you want to learn more about Ayurveda, because literally this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much to do in this. We're all constantly learning. Um, she holds websites. She holds webinars, not websites, sorry. She holds webinars. She holds interactive sessions. She shares so much on her Instagram profile as well. So make sure to follow her there. Amrita, thank you so, so much. And I cannot wait to come to one of your pop-ups and eat all that gorgeous food. I cannot wait to feed you either, Roxy. This is so lovely. And, you know, you, you've been part of my entire journey. I've been part of your journey. It feels so good to talk to you like this because you are made for this, by the way. You are so good. <laughs> Thank you you. I've been a radio jockey in my past career. So I also know this as a professionally. You are doing really well and continue to share, continue to bring people who can also help all other people. So thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me over and just cannot 
wait to meet you next and hug you and feed you so much food. <laughs> Fantastic. Me too. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can tune in every week for a brand new episode where I talk to another expert and delve into a different aspect of Indian cuisine. You can listen to more episodes of the Beyond Butter Chicken podcast on Spotify, Apple Music or any of your favorite podcast platforms. And make sure to follow us at Mammoth Media Publishing and The Tiny Taster for more updates. Until next time.